Inquisitor Kruger. Outside the storm raged. Corolius's winds, capable of stripping a man to the bone, lashed against the armoured sides of the hive. The flicker of lightning sent a flare of white, slashing across the room. Moments later, thunder spoke like the voice of an angry god. The ghostly afterimage of the lightning bolt drifted like a snake of fire across Inquisitor Kruger's field of vision. He took three deep breaths and interlocked his fingers like a man praying. I jumped, he thought. By the Emperor. I must be more nervous than I thought, he smiled coldly. He had every reason to be nervous. Everything he had learned since his arrival on Gehanna Prime had given him cause to be nervous. Slowly, the details of the room came back into focus. He saw the huge stained-glass window, bearing the picture of Sanguinius, Primarch of the Blood Angels, fighting a demon at the ultimate gate. It dominated the entire west wall of the room. The execution was superb. The governor had told him that more than a million pieces of coloured armour glass had gone into the creation of it. The governor had wanted to impress him with the fact that he was cooperating. He had given the Inquisitor one of the most luxurious suites in his own palace, high on Balthazar's spire. The tapestries covering the walls had been imported from Abaddon. They depicted scenes of the Blood Angel's most famous victories. Kruger was not surprised. The Space Marine chapter was almost worshipped here since the time they had helped drive off the Orc invasion. Here was a picture of the chapter fighting against orcs at Arcana. Blood flowed in the snow as the orcs were driven from the glacial world. Another showed a battle against monstrous four-armed gene-stealers aboard the Space Hulk Sword of Horus. A third showed the fabled battle on the walls of the Emperor's Palace when the chapter had fought in desperate defence of Earth during the final stages of the Horus heresy, 10,000 years ago. In a corner of the room stood a life-size statue, local work, carved from one of the ivory fangs of a desert dragon. It showed Dante himself, a stylized halo, playing round his head, dispatching an orc warlord. The commander of the Blood Angels stood with his boots on the orc's chest, bolter pointed directly at the greenskin's head. The detail was superb even showing the campaign badges on Dante's carapace. Kruger almost laughed. He wished that Commander Dante and a company of his space marines were present now. He didn't yet know why, but he was certain that he would soon have need of great warriors. There was something about this entire business that made him nervous. He returned his attention to the terminal on the table in front of him. It was an ancient machine, bearing the signs of constant use and reuse. Its keys were carved from ivory, and its hollow screen was supported by leering gargoyles. An umbilical of brass and laser wire connected it to the comms socket in the wall. As he tapped in his information request, the cable pulsed and flickered, and the smell of ozone filled the air. A hissing sound echoed through the chamber, for a moment rising till it was louder than the wind. Kruger muttered an invocation to the machine god, as he had been taught long ago, and prayed that he did not have to send for a servitor again. Twice the machine had failed that day.
and intuition told him he had no more time left to waste. He lit two sticks of incense as an offering to the machine, hoping that the vapours would soothe its angry spirits, and administered the ritual blow to the side of the brass casing. He sighed with relief, as the images on the hollow screen flickered then stabilised. The hissing stopped and the smell of ozone was sucked away by the chamber's recyclers. Once more he called up the data he required. Once more he felt numbness and confusion settle in his brain. He knew there was a pattern here. He just had to find it. All this mass of information would give up its secrets to him, if only he could find the key. Kruger had the instinct of the born Inquisitor. He knew that this vast mountain of facts was trying to conceal something from him. He knew that, given time, he could find out what. He just prayed he had that time. One more time, he told himself. What do we have here? First, we have the seemingly exponential growth of the cult of the Emperor's Light. The cult itself seemed normal enough, a manifestation of one of those brief outbursts of fanatical fervour that were all too common in the crowded warrens of hive worlds. Its tenets were simple. Honour the Great Father. Protect your children. Stamp out the enemies of the race. All seemingly laudable to Kruger. On the face of it, there was nothing here for any Inquisitor to question. Yet Kruger knew better. All too often, the face of the enemies of man wore the mask of righteousness. What better way? for the cults of evil to gain worshippers, than by cloaking themselves in the robes of virtue. On the surface, there was nothing to suggest that the cult of the Emperor's Light was such a thing, yet a few of the details set alarm bells ringing in the back of the Inquisitor's mind. No agent of the governess had been able to gain access to any but the outer circles of the cult, and as the cult had gained power, it had begun to interfere in the politics of the Hive City. Its representatives had gained enormous support in the Planetary Senate. The Brotherhood of the Emperor's Light, the cult's military wing, had taken to patrolling the streets of the Hive, seeking out so-called deviants and summarily executing them. Meetings of the cult had been attacked by members of the victims' gangs. Some parts of Balthazar Hive were now in a state of virtual civil war, peace being maintained only by a strong presence of the Planetary Defence Force. Who would gain anything from such things, Kruger wondered. Cults of demon worshippers, dabbling with powers they did not understand. Rogue psychers, who wanted some cover for their illegal activities. Potential rebels against the Imperium, or some other more sinister force. Kruger continued to sift through the information, trying to analyse many seemingly unconnected facts. Why were all the records of births and deaths on the seconder sector of third level unavailable? This was the area in which the cult had originated. Had they been lost by some meltdown of the city's ancient data core system, or was there another darker reason? Was it significant that Secundus Sector was the area where most of those who worked as cargo handlers in the Hive City spaceport worked? Kruger thought it all too likely. So often, the spores of heresy were carried across the depths of interstellar space by the great cargo ships. The lightning flashed again. The thunder rumbled directly overhead this time. The glow globes flickered and died. 
The hive had been hit. Kruger's hand went to the holster of his weapon. For a moment, all power failed. Had the hive's electrical system been overloaded by the power surge from that mighty blast? Or was some evil force using storm as cover for its approach? Kruger stood in the absolute darkness of the chamber and tried to remain calm. The lightning flashed again. The silhouette of Sanguinius blazed with fire. Its mighty outline was cast against the chamber's far wall. Kruger wondered how long the power cuts would last. He could hear no sound from the recyclers. If the generators were not restored soon, then all air would cease to circulate within the spire, and the hive city and all its inhabitants would suffocate. Other suspicions stole into Kruger's mind. Security on all levels of the city would have failed with the power. The auto-senses that would warn of intruders were not functioning. Kruger reached into his belt for his flashlight and scanned about the chamber. He hoped it was only his imagination that was making the air taste stale. He made his way over to the window and looked out through the clear section beneath Sanguinius's wing. The mile-high termite towers of the hive rose to the horizon, covering everything in view. All the other spires glittered. A billion points of light covered their surfaces. Kruger knew that each point was a window. On the flat tower top of the spaceport squatted the half-mile-long bulk of a cargo barge. The glow globes flickered to life once more as power was restored. The hollow screen of the comm terminal was blank for a moment, then filled with random garbage. Kruger tapped in his information request once more and returned his mind to the puzzle. He analysed the tenets of the cult. The Emperor was the father of man. We are all his children. Children are sacred. We must protect the children till they are old enough to protect themselves. Sudden insight, bright and clear as a lightning flash, filled his mind. He knew the answer. All the signs were there. He reached for the calm web vocaliser. He must get word to the governor. He hoped he wasn't too late. The lightning flashed once more. Shadows raced away from the window. Kruger blinked, and as his vision cleared, he noticed that the door of his chamber was open, and a cloaked figure stood there. Suddenly, Kruger was glad to have his gun in his hand. He aimed it directly at the intruder. How had he got past the Imperial Guardsmen in the outer chamber? Kruger wondered. Were there secret passages here within the hive? From what Kruger knew of court intrigues in Balthazar's spire, it was perfectly possible. Who are you? he asked. The intruder threw back the cowl of its cloak to reveal an enormous head. Tiny, ferocious eyes leered at the Inquisitor from each side of its misshapen head. Huge jaws opened wide to reveal row upon row of shark-like teeth. Thick, viscous saliva dripped from the open mouth to stain the intricate rugs on the floor. Four mighty muscular arms stretched from below the cloak. Each ended in deadly grasping claws. Kruger gasped. Knowing now that his suspicions were correct, gene stealers were present on Gehana. The cult must be their front. He knew now that it was vital that he got word not just to the governor but to the imperial authorities. A gene stealer presence was a threat, not just to this world but to all its neighbours in the sector. 
If it was not stamped out now, this alien corruption would spread. His heartbeat raced. The grip of his pistol felt sweaty in his palms. With eye-blurring swiftness, the gene-stealer leapt forward. Kruger squeezed the trigger. There you go, another, another oldie but a goldie. Hope you enjoyed that. A little short story from Old Hammer back in the day. Glorious, glorious. And uh, yeah, thank you everybody supporting the channel. You can see all your names scrolling by as I babble. And um, yeah, more of this sort of stuff to come. Uh, long stuff, short stuff, blah, blah, blah. I'll just do, I'll just keep making things. It's fun to me. And uh, yeah, I hope you enjoyed this. Please do like the video. Let me know in the comments what you thought. Subscribe if you're not subscribed. And um, yeah, I'll be back again with more stuff soon. Thanks very much. I'll see you all again very, very soon. Ta-ra!